You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and this is my interview with the director for Hatching, <laughs> Hannah Bergholm. Thank you so much for taking the time today to chat with me about your film Hatching. Um, this is a very exciting film for a multitude of different reasons. Uh, first and foremost, uh, tell me what it was like having a premiere at Sundance this year. I know that it was a hybrid of some in person over in Park City and also virtual, but how did it just feel to have the film roll out that way and what did you think of the initial response to it? Uh, well, well, of course I was thrilled to get the film to Sundance because that was really a dream festival to get the film there. That was kind of our aim all along to get it there. And so it was wonderful. And and of course it was um, a little bit disappointing not be able to get there in person. We had our plane tickets bought and everything. But anyway, I think the virtual festival was very well organized. And what was wonderful was that the the reactions of the film, the reviews we got were all just amazing. And, and it was so great that, that it seemed like all those reviews and everybody who wrote about the film has kind of had got the ideas that we had. So they have really understood the film the way we intended. And that is, uh, feels wonderful. Let's talk about some of those ideas, because this is your directorial debut, but you're not the writer necessarily for this film. Can you talk to me a little bit about um, some of the ideas that were presented to you in the screenplay uh, and what you wanted to bring to it from your own personal uh, perspective to make it your own? 
Uh, yes, well, we actually uh, wrote the story together with the screenwriter. Oh, okay. Yeah, and then I wrote, worked very closely during the script. Gotcha. And, uh, and um, so it was really, it all started from his one sentence idea that he represented me, and that was a uh, boy hatches a double ganger out of an egg. And that was the where everything started. And I just thought that that is so cool idea but immediately I said that I want to change the lead character into a girl. Mm -hmm. uh, the reason for that was that I feel that uh, I have I have seen many, many films in my time, but I have seen far too few films with uh, women in lead who are interesting and complex characters. And I really miss these kind of female stories in our film history. So I really want to tell stories about girls and women. And... And then it was really, I started to think about the story uh, and you, you mean the first uh, the first sentence that we had. And I thought that if somebody's hatching something, it seems to me like she's trying to hide something, some of her emotions, some sides of her character. And in hatching, there's this theme of motherhood, a theme of growing up. So all of that really started to come up from this one sentence. So we started to develop the story together. And in the first script version, the uh, theme of uh, social media wasn't there yet. It was just about this mother who tries to keep up appearances. And uh, then I start to think that what is today's way of keeping up appearances? And I think that is really social media. So then that came along. Mm -hmm. And so, so that's how we developed the story. And um, for me, I think the most personal thing is that I have always had very strong imagination. And as a child, I was afraid of imaginary monsters that lived in my wardrobe. So having this girl and her imaginary monster in wardrobe is kind of my childhood memory. Don't you know that you're a grown up? I'm a grown-up. Me too. Yep, me too. But you know, these days, being a grown-up can really suck. Luckily, we're grown-ups who grew up in the coolest generation. We had video arcades. And also some of the best TV and movies ever made. We lived the origin of awesome consumer electronics. The list goes on and on. Yep, Generation X. Exactly. And we're Gen X Grown-Up. Every week, the Gen X Grown-Up podcast explores media, tech, toys, games, and more from both yesterday and today. Through the eyes of Generation Xers who absolutely love that stuff. You can find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Or find us on our website, genxgrownup.com. Alright, you think that was good enough? I, I hope so, man. I'm tired. <laughs> who listens to a promo on a podcast and then goes and listens to a different podcast? Right. I, I, I've never done it. <laughs> This is Krista Makes, guitarist and vocalist for Less Than Jake, and host of Krista Makes a Podcast, a songwriting podcast where every week I'm joined by an amazing guest to break down the writing, recording, and release of one iconic song from their career. In our giant, evergreen back catalog of episodes, we've had rock legends such as Dee Snyder and Huey Lewis, punk rock favorites like Mark Hoppus, Fat Mike, and Brett Gurowitz, and up-and-coming artists of today, such as Liz Stokes of The Beths and Genesis Owusu. We've had guests from all genres and styles of music, and I guarantee that if you peruse our back catalog, you'll see several episodes that'll make you say, man, I gotta hear that. Whether you're a fan of music or a creator of music yourself, you'll take away a whole new appreciation for the songs you know and love. 
Chris Makes a Podcast is available for free on all the places you could possibly listen to podcasts. And new episodes come out every Monday. Uh, you know, you're talking about these imaginary monsters, and I think one of the things that makes Hatching such a um, charming movie in many ways for cinephiles is the use of practical effects to uh, make this monster believable to audiences. In, in a world that is so heavily populated by uh, CGI nowadays, it, it was so refreshing to see a traditional good old puppetry, blood and guts uh, creature on screen. And I thought it was absolutely amazing work all around. I understand it's probably budgetary limitations, of course, but sometimes you can't beat seeing something practical and real in front of your face. And I do think it looks better. Can you talk to me a bit about just conceptually designing of a creature also working uh, within that realm of puppetry and also just bringing to, uh, that creature to life. Yes, that that really was, uh, for me, uh, it was mostly uh, kind of um, for vi visual reasons why I wanted it to be a puppet instead of a digital character because I really wanted it to have a physical presence and kind of that you can feel that you can touch it. And I had mm -hmm. always, admired these old E.T. and uh, and Alien and, and old Cronenberg's films with all these practical effects. And I wanted to have the same kind of rawness maybe into the character. And so, so we first uh, designed the creature in Finland with two wonderful concept artists. And, um, and so, so practically I was kind of describing to them what I wanted uh, to this creature to look like. And uh, and I described that it's kind of so it's kind of like a smelly teenager that it's raging to its parents but still wants to be loved <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and totally deformed so it's something completely different than this perfect gymnast girl and it's just uh, slimy and disgusting and very thin because there is this subtle theme of eating disorder in the film. And after we have designed the creature, meaning doing all the concept images of the creature, so then I knew that we need the best possible person to make this puppet. So I wondered how to find that person. And I actually Googled the best animatronic designer in the world. And uh, Google told me that that is Gustav Hergen, who has been the lead animatronic puppet designer in the latest Star Wars films and Prometheus and uh, Jurassic World. So I contacted him and he got excited about the story and collected wonderful team and they made this puppet for us. And, and then we also, in the later evolution of this creature, it is an actor with a special effect makeup and I had admired Conor O'Sullivan's work in uh, in Game of Thrones and and Saving Private Ryan and The Dark Knight and he has two Oscar nominations and so I also contacted him and he also got excited in coming on board so I mean and their teams did just wonderful work and at the shootings it was when we shot with the puppet it was uh five puppeteers around the puppet, moving the puppet with rods. And then mm. Gustav was there moving all the facial expressions and fingers with the remote controls. And so um, there was a lot going on. <laughs> so, so did and, you have to build like multiple versions of the puppet or was it just this one that you were able to control? It, it was just the one and it was wow. um, 
for, for budget reasons, it was just the one and it, it was a little bit scary. I mean, if the bu- puppet would broke down, it would be it. So, yeah. yeah. So Gustav, who was the animatronic designer, was kind of freaking out. <laughs> like, hope it doesn't break. Hope it doesn't break. So, yeah, but we were fine. So, yeah, but I mean, all the puppeteers, they were just amazing. They had worked in all Star Wars films and they were so good. And uh, and basically all you see in the final film is what we did at the shootings kind of there. So it was only thing we did in post was erasing the puppeteers and just fine tuning some pupil movements in two shots. But basically uh, it was all their kind of expert work. And, you know, I, I think it's really, really, like I said, refreshing and just astounding. You can't beat the real thing. So when you film something in camera, it just has that believability to it. And I think it lends itself well to this movie. Uh, but what also helps is this emotional core element to the story here, the story that you're telling between a, a mother and her daughter that I found to be uh, quite powerful at times. And in order to convey this, you have to find an actress that is going to also pull off this uh, dual performance that is very demanding. Uh, can you talk to me a little bit about like just discovering C- Siri? Is that how I say her name? Yeah. 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 Can you just talk to me a little bit about just the, the process of casting and finding her? Because I, I was blown away by her work in this movie. <laughs> yes, it's wonderful. I mean, and uh, and we auditioned one thousand and two hundred girls Holy all around Finland uh, to find her, and and she had never acted anywhere before, not even in school plays. And, and I'm sorry, this to- was her first. This was her first professional gig. Yes. Oh yes. my lord! Wow. <laughs> yeah, she she had no idea what it means to be to act in films or act anywhere, and uh, and she had just turned twelve. She was very young, and so so we had long rehearsals with her and with all the actors. So so first, the most important thing for me was to kind of everybody get to know each other and see the feeling at ease with all of us. And so we were all crawling on the floor and playing monsters and <laughs> doing all those things. And uh, yeah, and then we kind of practiced all kind of ways how this ugly creature could move. And Siri was such a natural talent in moving and finding interesting ways to move. And and so, yeah, it was really a joy to work with her. Yeah, no, I can definitely tell. Um, another element of this movie that also struck me when I watched it was the production design. Uh, you're really capturing this family's idyllic like lifestyle in these like pastel uh, colors. And um, I wanted to just hear a little bit about the design process for that and conveying, you know, subliminal emotions through the color schemes uh, used in this movie. Yes, that was I. I really wanted to create in this film this kind of uneasy feeling for the audience that it's not totally fairy tale. It's kind of reality, but it's something is off. It's just too perfect and too all the colors are too matching. And so I wanted to create the same feeling as Tinya, the girl, has. So we kind of experience how she experiences the atmosphere in the family. So so everything is kind of fine and lovely, but it's just fake and so cold and everything is so well in place that it's just looks like dead and and I really then told to our production designer Päivi Kettunen who did just 
wonderful work and and I can describe that I would like to have just pastel colors that everything is kind of all the colors in costumes and everything is matching so because mother doesn't want any strong feelings so there's no strong colors she doesn't allow any uh kind of dark secrets so there are no dark shadows and and then I said I would really like to have some crazy rose wallpapers and baggy shirts and shirts for a long time to find kind of perfect wallpaper until she found the ones we have and they came in all different colors and then we just put the uh, same wallpaper in different colors in every room and it, I think it just looks uh, like you're drowning into those. <laughs> <laughs> well, Hannah, I think anybody that is a horror fan or anyone that even just appreciates uh, the kind of grounded um, quality that you brought to the story here, I think it's going to find a lot to really appreciate with Hatching. And I know that for us, we're looking forward to seeing what you do next. Uh, can you tell us uh, what you have coming up in the future? Yes, we are uh, continuing working with the same screenwriter, Ilya Rautsi. So we are now co-writing our next feature film. And that is a similar genre. It's a fantasy drama with horror elements about mother who gets her first child and she has had very high expectations how wonderful it will be to be a mother but suddenly she feels that she can't really connect with this baby it's so so demanding and it just screams and sucks blood yeah. from her breasts and she starts to feel that this baby is actually not human it's it's something else and very scary so it tells about these kind of difficult emotions of motherhood a little bit of Tully meets Rosemary's baby. I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see how it turns out. <laughs> well, Hannah, thank you so much for joining me today. I really, really appreciate your time and congratulations on the movie and best of luck to you. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> All right, take care. Bye. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to my interview with the director for Hatching, Hannah Bergholm, here on the Next Best Picture podcast. Hatching is now currently playing in limited release in theaters and will be available on video on demand on May 17th from IFC Midnight. You have been listening to the Next Best Picture podcast. We are proud to be part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, and you can subscribe to us anywhere where you subscribe to podcasts. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback and your support, which you can also lend on over at Patreon. For $1 minimum a month, you'll get some exclusive podcast content from us. Thank you so much for listening, as always, and we shall see you all next time. Welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo, and for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book, and together, we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. 
Our ninth season is coming this fall. Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts.